When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. And now, back to the Tom Bernard Show with... L.A. Nick. Catherine Brandt. And Andy Brandt-Bernard. We are back and we'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. Walzer Automotive is a Minnesota family-owned business. It started in the 50s. It's grown by leaps and bounds, especially in the past few years, and they now have 23 dealerships spread across two states. The Walzer way includes upfront, no-haggle pricing on every single new and used vehicle they sell. If you change your mind, no problem. Check out Walzer's three-day return and 30-day exchange policy. I'm a customer. My family are customers, and many of my friends have bought cars from them. The Walzer way is really different, and I know you'll be pleasantly surprised. For great deals on new or used Acura, Audi, Buick, BMW, Chevrolet, Chrysler, Dodge, GMC, Honda, Hyundai, Jaguar, Jeep, Land Rover, Lexus, Mazda, Mercedes, Mini, Nissan, Porsche, Ram, Subaru, or Toyota, go to Walzer.com, Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. It's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. He forgot. Yeah, really we good timing, LA Nick. We're talking yeah, about you were It's fine. We don't need it. We don't need any entry <laughs> right. music. Too late we're fine. Now, baby. So I found a video. I, there's a bunch of videos about it. About what? But, what are we still talking about? But I don't know if. Frozen Man? The, no. Oh. It's actually him. You'll be able to tell me, I guess. We're the devil. Yes. Stop it if right I there. If I were the devil. Stop that's, it right there. Okay. Yep, that's him. If I were the devil. Paul Harvey. Yes. This is Paul Harvey, who retired from radio when he was 92 years old. Wow. He died shortly after he retired. Mm. I was told about this by a guy named John McNeil, who sent it into the radio station. This is Paul Harvey from 53 years ago, saying, if I were the devil, this is what I'd do, which is a bit over-the-top religious, you know, for me. But uh, how long is it, Andy? About four and a half minutes? Uh, 3.15. Well, 315, okay. Nice and short. This is actually Paul Harvey 53 years ago talking about what he would do if he were the devil. And here's the audio. If I were the prince of darkness, I'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness. And I'd have a third of its real estate and four-fifths of its population. But I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree. The 
So I'd set about, however necessary, to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve. Do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old, I would teach to pray after me, our Father, which art in Washington. <laughs> And then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors in how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd threaten TV with dirtier movies and vice versa. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves until each in its turn was consumed. And with promises of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects, but neglect to discipline emotions, just let those run wild. Ooh. Until before you knew it, you'd have to have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. Within a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing. I'd have judges promoting pornography. Soon I could evict God from the courthouse, then from the schoolhouse, and then from the houses of Congress. And in his own churches I would substitute psychology for religion and deify science. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. If I were the devil, I'd make the symbol of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas a bottle. If I were the devil, I'd take from those who have and give to those who wanted until I had killed the incentive of the ambitious. And what'll you bet? I couldn't get whole states to promote gambling as the way to get rich. I would caution against extremes in hard work, in patriotism, in moral conduct. I would convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned, that swinging is more fun, that what you see on TV is the way to be. And thus I could undress you in public and I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. Well. <laughs> In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. Paul Harvey. Good day. A lot of that is so very Paul scary. Paul Harvey was the, is the devil? Yeah, apparently, he That's is the he devil. He was the devil. So he he just... said he was the devil. Well, he got everything dead on, so he must have It was have dead on That's 53 scary. years ago. Isn't that amazing? It's so Paul predictive. Harvey was the devil. Well, you can Barely. see what people are doing, like ten moves ahead. It's but just most people don't care. Ago? Yeah, I mean, I mean, Wait, so what, what year was that? 1965. Wow, isn't that unbelievable? I was one years old. Hmm. I was too young to know better. Only Italians say one years old. <laughs> I was one years old. No, only Italians. No, say. Uh, Cassie says one years. She does. Yeah, she says <laughs> one year old. No, seriously, he uh, he nailed so many things in that speech. It was unbelievable. But like I said, you can you if you pay attention, you can see what's going on. Well, it just most people don't pay attention. It actually, I don't know if you guys, are, I'm not a very religious person, but no, I'm not mo most of it's all in the Bible. Well, well yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's true. Everything yeah. he said is in the Bible. There's a reason Except that for people. Media. Yeah, the, there's a reason the media, media or, you know... Are we mesmerizing? The, are we the mesmerizing media? We're mesmerizing <laughs> media, don't, don't you forget it. Yep. Before recent times, pretty much every form of media cautioned against the things that we're yeah. glorifying now. Um, Donald Trump's allies, the, the Cone has turned on him, and another guy turned on him. Uh, Manafort's been found guilty on eight counts out of uh, 17, I believe it was. Now another guy's turned on him, but what I love about this guy is his name. So, who's Manafort? Paul, Paul Manafort was the... A, a, Campaign director for Donald Trump. What did he do? Uh, money laundering, tax fund. evasion, tax misappropriate tax for all kinds mm -hmm. of stuff. Same with Michael Cohen. But he was Cohen. a shady guy. I mean, he looks like a shady guy. <clears throat> he does look like a shady guy. Longtime Trump ally strikes deal for immunity. Yet another one. Now, 
immunity is kind of a weird deal because if you tend to get involved in a lot of lawsuits or you get sued or you sue people, you're going to hear about immunity. And people, some people will tip over and, and go for immunity. It doesn't matter what it does to you or your family or whatever. Like in my career, some fat cows have done it to me. I'm talking about men, not women. And if I ever see him again, I'll just beat the shit on. But other than that. Well, that's fun. Well, I'm just saying. It's just that if I ever run into you, you're going to pay for that. Because you covered your own ass by throwing my family under the bus, you cow. But anyway. Well, once people are facing any kind of prison time, they'll do whatever yeah, it takes. Yeah, that's true. This, this Sing like a canary. Time. Anything. They'll this, do anything. They'll make something up. They're, no, not, these things, they're not going to go to jail. It's Definitely. unbelievable. So this guy who has turned on Trump, and I, look, I got no dog in this fight. I'm not a big Trump supporter, and I'm not, you know, I don't think Trump is the devil like Paul Harvey. <laughs> but anyway, uh, the latest guy to turn on Trump is the CEO of the National Enquirer. The parent company of the National Enquirer. Oh, no. He has cooperated in the Michael Cohen case. Well, he's a Palm Beacher, too. Yes. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. National Enquirer is based out of Palm Beach. Absolutely. Mm. The guy who turned on... Uh, Lantana, actually. Okay. The guy who turned on um, President Trump now, the CEO of National Enquirer parent company, cooperated in the Michael Cohen case. His name is David Pecker. Yep. <laughs> He's a Palm Beacher. That's that's they're based yeah. out of Lantana. Yeah, oh. right there. Yep. Choir. Well, you run on Dixie Highway. Yep. They made a lot of money. I bet off of fake stories. Oh, did they? They were the first fake news. They were the first uh, fake absolutely. news. Absolutely. I mean, true. when we were, I was a little kid, there was like uh, it's Martians, amazing that's still Martians invade New York City. I mean, I know people are buying it, and they are. I, I wonder if the people who buy it know that it's all made up. Yeah, and they just forty-pound baby. The stories are so over the top. I mean, they are. The, some of the stories, yeah. it's like there's obviously no way that's well, true. Actually, let's on, see what's when I was on a, a jury website? trial. Um, there was a guy that was on the jury that thought that the X Files were real. Well, mm. A lot of people did. I mean, let's put that guy on the jury. I'm like, I wonder if you learn something like that about someone, can you go to the jury lord or whatever and be like... You don't want to start anything. When you're on a jury, you don't want to start... We we had to point out that somebody smelled like booze every morning when he came in. I've never got picked for a jury. I wonder why. Lucky you. But I wonder why I haven't. Uh, You mean picked or... I never got... You haven't had notice. Oh, I got lucky as hell. I, when I was moving, they sent out a summons to the grand jury, and it got lost in the mail, oh, so it didn't God. arrive until after the due date. So I called them, and I said, what do I do? And they said, don't worry about it. Well, yeah, but once, it seems like once your number's up, you're going to yeah. get called. I wonder why I've never had in my life. Uh, I've been registered, because you, you have to be registered to vote to to get, yes. I thought it was oh, you, you just do? had to have yeah. a driver's license. Oh, well, I'm not license. registered to vote, I don't think. I thought think. you just had to have a driver's license. I'm pretty sure you're registered to vote. Oh. oh. I don't know, but I... Uh, I'm I definitely was... not registering to vote then. <laughs> I was called to jury duty. I'll give up my rights. But they told me to call in and check in. Uh, and when I called in, they said, no one's ever going to put you on a jury. Forget <laughs> it. It's never going to happen. Because I'd be go, hang the bastard. Yeah, and Judge Oleski <laughs> told me that tell- I would never have to serve on a jury again after being on one for six months. He said, just tell them you were on the the case. Seven the months, Blah, actually. blah, case. And they'll let you go. And I went down there, and I'm like, Judge Oleski said. And they're like, we don't care. You're on. <laughs> we don't care. Tell them you hate everyone. You're super racist to everyone. I just mm-hmm. didn't want to lie. I don't want right. to lie. I mean, to tell but you the we truth. we don't like the Irish. But listen, listen, you guys. The thing is, is that I feel like I can be a good impartial judge of stuff yeah you are i do feel and i want people if somebody accuses me of something because in america anybody can accuse anybody of anything it's scary but you might end up in you might end up with a jury do you want just the people that have nothing to do or no it's scary but still i i I know i want i want people that feel like they can be fair on my jury so i feel like it's karma yeah, I always, trust system is, I always trust you as a juror. The jury system Thank is you very much. Bl- it's bad. It's deeply flawed. I wouldn't flawed, trust Tom no as a juror, though. Oh, no. That's what they told me. There's something an IQ <laughs> no, test would be Andy useful for. Would be fair. Juries. Yeah, that would be. Yeah. Why don't we have professional juries anyway? Why don't we? Why don't we have... Because then you can pay people it's off. Just it you has can to pay be, people off to, anyway. You have to be nah, judged by your own peers. I mean, yeah, but here's the deal. It's pretty hard. So when... They have to come from all walks of life. So rich, poor... 
They have to come from all different backgrounds. Yeah, but John Gotti's put on trial. They got nothing but a bunch of Italians like you on well, the jury. Well, they, the problem they did with that is they tried him where he, where he was yeah. popular. Yeah. Not, you can't a, try him not a great city. idea. That was yeah. not a great idea. <laughs> no. And how many times did he get off? It was a lot. And the other thing is, what not Brentwood, California, isn't that, was it in like the Santa Monica area, something like that? Brentwood's, yes. Yeah. All, yeah. 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 So you moved O.J. Trimson, well, the Trimson and the O.J. Simpson down into the city? That was the most illegal, horrible idea in the history of trials. Yeah, because he that better pull for him. Because absolutely. It worked oh, out they, for him beautifully. They mucked that thing up so oh, badly. horrendous. From start but to you know finish. what? I have to say, LAPD mucks a lot of stuff up. I called... They do. I've yeah, called, true. I called LAPD once. I don't, I, I don't think I've ever told you this story. I was living on Wilcox in Santa Monica. Just a block up. There's a great Italian restaurant right across the street. I forget the name of it, but one of the best Italian restaurants in L.A. And, it, and I'm sitting at night. It was late at night, about 2 in the morning. And I was in my bedroom, and I had a yellow lab. And he popped his head up real high. And I, I sat up, and I heard something like sounded like somebody running in wooden shoes, like wooden clogs, oh, down the street. Oh, God. And I'm like, what the heck's that? I looked down the, look out the window, in the bedroom window, and there's a girl running down the street topless. Running like, down the street? Running. Topless, and she's run, running in high heels, and there's two black guys running behind her, shooting at her. <laughs> shooting at her? Yeah, shooting at her. Oh my God. Well. And she, and I'm watching her out my bedroom window, run down the street, and run right up my sidewalk to my front door, and into my house. The door was open. Oh God. <laughs> I like, oh God. I, I can't believe I left my door open. I never yeah. left my door open. But that night I left my door open. She ran right in my house and locked the door. And so I called 911, and LAPD's there. Like, I couldn't believe how fast they were there. And helicopter and, like, oh. Oh, like 20 cops. And she went in my back front door and right out my back door. And now there are all these cops in my house, and none of them say a word to me. They're just in my house. Yeah. They're just... Yeah. Like, and they all came and left so fast, and nothing was said or nothing. I was like... What kind of circus is this? I mean, they were so unorganized, like completely unorganized. They didn't ask me one question. Like, mm. they, they didn't even know she ran through the house then? They didn't even know? Nope. Wow. That is unbelievable. They, they, they I mean, were very, 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 but... very unorganized. Very unorganized. I mean, you never know. found out what happened? I did. I found out it was a trans transsexual that was prostituting and the guys that he she found was out didn't know that she was oh, a guy that is never a <sighs> smart thing to do no she never. didn't tell them that she was a guy and and there's some really good it's common in that area like like santa mm -hmm. monica and like where, where yeah. jack in the box is and, sure. and that area right there there's a lot of them and some of them you can't tell i mean they look like women well but so they're gonna find out you know that you can't hide that well. well it depends what they're doing. Once your yeah. clothes come off, how are you going to hide? Well, sometimes the clothes don't come off. Yeah. Oh. A lot of times. Oh, because well, they're playing the bagpipes? If you your mean? prostitute says, I'm not taking my clothes off, then yeah, that's a good idea. you have a reason to worry. I don't know how anybody can even do the whole prostitute thing. I don't either. Yeah. Yeah. Either, either way, get no one or be one. Yeah, I, I just don't get it. I just, I don't get it. I just don't get it. I watched a documentary years ago about these women, and they were just like, I have to, I have to do heroin just to make it through the smell. Oh God, we gotta take Why? a break. All right, time to take a break. Uh, we'll be right back, Tom Bernard Show. John, I just got another complaint about our delivery service. Oh, not again. Yep, we have to do something about our courier service. You know, they're a reflection of us. What happened now? Well, you know that one driver that has the dog that rides with him? Uh-huh. Well, when he got out of his truck to deliver our package, his dog got out and delivered, well, uh, his own package, if you know what I mean. That's it. I want you to call... Priority Courier Experts, because, you know, they got more than 500 drivers. And tell them we need... A professional, reliable courier service. And make sure they have internet order entry and real-time tracking you know i had priority courier experts account rep in here about a month ago and who knows how many accounts we could have serviced better if we had just signed up and started using the twin cities largest most reliable on-call courier service what's that number because the next package is going with priority courier experts already dialing 651-748-4477 priority courier experts can we help you can you ever priority courier experts every time you call us we deliver 
It's Tom telling you how easy it's been to lose weight at Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth with their weight loss plan. I'm down over 77 pounds and have one more round to go to shed the rest of my unwanted pounds. Find out how to have success losing weight like I did by attending the Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth free informational dinner. It is on Monday, August 20th, 6 p.m. at Jake's in Plymouth. That extra baggage melts away really fast. And one of the best parts is it's just so easy. I am never, ever hungry. Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth has educated me on clean eating, and I now know the foods that work for me and the weight gain trigger foods. Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth will guarantee that you lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth has helped me change my life, and they can help you, too. Register for the Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth dinner on August 20th. Call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. Is that Bob Seger? Oh, I thought it was. All right. This is BOC? Cinderella. Huh? It's Cinderella? Yeah. F Cinderella. F. Remember that? Still off you, Ben. Sounds a little bit like ACDC. He, he, I he, wonder he, why. His voice is really, really good, Tom. Is, Tom's yeah. still torn under Tom Kiefer, and he's still really good. Somebody told me that Tom Kiefer spends a lot of time in Minneapolis. Is that true? No. Yeah, because they told me that. I didn't, I didn't know why he I, would. I, I grew up with Tom. He's a he made it out of the Galaxy Inn in something somewhere down New Jersey. Uh, Bill Hell around the Galaxy and put all the, his money in the Cinderella. Wonderful. And no, he's not in Minneapolis hardly ever. So. <laughs> I got to tell you, uh, matter of fact, I think it was it was either Joe from Louisville or Doc uh, that sent me a, a posting somebody put up. I started the show a couple of days yesterday or a couple of days ago with a, to talking about these certain things, you know, Molly Tibbetts being one of them, and the uh, you know the big argument. It's not focused on Molly Tibbetts. It's focused on uh, uh, it's focused on whether or not the guy who murdered her was registered or an illegal alien. That's what all the focus is on. It's not on the fact that this beautiful mm. young girl, she was 20, yes, but she looked like a little kid for God's yeah, sake. Yeah, she was, what, 5'2"? Yeah. Mm, she looked like a little horrible. kid. Tear her parents' heart out. But we're not focused on feeling for the family or feeling for Molly Tibbetts, who probably was terrified before she died because this psycho murdered her. Now, all we're concerned about is what the Republicans are doing, what the Democrats are doing. Why can't you people get your head out of your ass? And by that, I mean this. I think a lot of people, well, this guy posted a thing about how alt-right I am because I brought up the fact that he might be an illegal alien. Well, well he is. Right. He was an illegal alien. He was, yes. Okay. They tried to say yesterday that he wasn't, but it found they found out he stole somebody else's identity to work at that farm. Right. That's what happened. Now, all I'm saying is that, um, you know, I'm Mr. I'm Mr. Alt-right. Well, I'll tell you what. I've been doing my research for the upcoming elections, you know, the next few months. I looked for, for a candidate who didn't take any PAC money, who didn't take any money from the Democrats or Republicans, who didn't take any money from anybody. You can't not take money. I found one guy who didn't, and I'm going to endorse him, and I think people, I'm not going to tell you yet who it is, but we're going to have him on this show. Uh, and we're going to talk, because he told me, you can't, once you get involved in running for office and the stuff that you uncover by going actually into the community out there in Washington, D.C., he said you wouldn't believe how filthy it is. Oh, it's well, the most yeah. corrupt thing there is. The most corrupt thing there is. He said the, the money that's paid for people to vote the way they do, mm -hmm. it's not that they can't give a rat's ass about you, ladies and gentlemen, or me. It's the money for all of them. So the guy that I'm going to endorse, and I hope he does get elected, I'll bring up who it is. What's he, gonna, What's he running for? I can't tell you that yet. But I can tell you this. It'll surprise people because he is socially, pretty, pretty conservative socially. Uh, um, he would lean hard. I, he's running as a Democrat. I will tell you that. 
But people love to think for some reason, and I don't know why they think I'm this far right nut job because I'm not. Just because I'll I'll tell them your idea is idiotic. Well, nut job might fit. There. Well, nut job fits. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> nut job does fit. Definitely a nut job. But yeah, we'll be talking to, talking to him uh, in the next couple of weeks and all the way through the election. I, 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 it, I never understood why you got labeled. As I don't either. A far right, and I, I I've, I've I've known you for over a year now, and I just. Even listening to before that, I never heard no. you. I mean, you're you're opin- definitely opinionated, which yes. is good. Which is my job because to be in, opinionated. Because in the tw- in but so uh, all of a sudden, and it's, I have the same issue. If you're opinionated, you're far right. Exactly, I know. it's weird. In Minneapolis and St. Paul, if you don't lockstep with right the far left, yeah. then you're just a crazy person, and you can't be talked. And to. once you so I know how it has. So once you get any, you say anything like, and I I have a. This is a bone that I have to deal with. The Star Tribune came to me when Trump said he was going to run for president. Not mm-hmm. not why he was running, just when he first said, I'm going to run for president. Right. And they, for some reason, came to me and said, hey, we'd like to get your take on this. And I said, they said, well, do, you, would you, do you like Donald Trump? I said, no, I don't like the guy. I wouldn't, somebody I definitely wouldn't hang out with. Mm-hmm. And I said, but I would like to see somebody like him get in there and break, destroy the system. Because mm-hmm. break a cog off the wheel, so they have to fix it. Right. And uh, so they front page of Star Tribune, why Trump with my face? Yeah. So now, <laughs> so now, anytime anybody who wants to pick up, have, go against me, they just automatically say Trumpster, L.A. Nick. That's the first thing they do. Oh, Trumpster, L.A. I Nick. Think, I think you should be able to sue. People that that portray you in a way that you didn't. Oh, I'd be say. a billionaire. I'm, I'm I'd telling be a you, billionaire I think that that's what's going to no, have no, to Star, start happening. The Star Tribune did write every word I said, and it, if you the, read the story, but nobody it, does that. They you know. just read the, the story. Headline. I say I don't like the guy, but I like to see him break the system. Yeah, but they read the headline but and then, that's it. But then yep. other other media groups will automatically just. Put Trumpster in front of my name exactly. every time now. Everything Trumpster. they write, they'll See, just put Trumpster just, LNA. That's not fair at all. And no, that's not, not in the spirit of journalism either. Yeah, well, some, oh. some things aren't journalism, like City Pages. Joe from St. Louis said it was the Star Tribune that called me an alt right person. Oh, whatever. Um, what? Yeah. When? I, I, Joe, if you. If you could tell me, or if you want to just call and tell me about the article. Uh, apparently, it was a couple of days ago. Oh, they called me alt-right. Well, love... you're going to be very surprised who even... I'm going to endorse. I'm going to endorse one candidate for any office, and he sure as hell is not conservative. Well, isn't I'll tell our you buddy that. at WCCO getting, he retired, and then somebody super alt-right is taking his place. WCCO? Oh, you're talking about um, um, John Hines. Yeah, John Hines retired. Well, yeah, I'm going to be on his last show at yeah, the State and, Fair on uh, week from Monday. But somebody, the guy replacing him is, is far right. He is far right, yes. Yes. Exactly. Like real far, he's like right. legit far right. Who? Yeah, exactly. Uh, John Hines is retiring on, on Labor Day from full-time broadcasting. He'll probably still fill in once in a while, but I have the honor of being uh, on the last hour of John Hines' long and storied career because I love John Hines. He's a very close friend of mine. I think the world of the guy, and I, I'm very honored that he would ask me to be on his show on Labor Day at the State Fair. So I've been on his show a couple of times. He told me I, I was too passionate. Yeah, well, you're Italian. What does he think's going to happen? Come on. Cultural appropriation. But yeah, I, I, I don't. Um, let me. I think I, I think he got mad because I thought his tattoo on his leg was a fish. And what was it? I think it's or. I think it's a surfboard. I love. Well, it could be a surfboard on John Hines's leg. Yes, yeah. sir. Why would he have a surfboard on his leg? That I don't know. I've well, never even known he had it. I he never had knew knee he had surgery. Are you sure it's it wasn't sur- just a scar? No, no, no. Yes, he, he, de- no, he definitely has a tattoo on his on his lower leg. It's either a fish or it's a, it's a fish. And I said, is that a surfboard or it's a surfboard and it's a fish? Oh, so I got tattoo sensitive now too. I, yeah, I guess oh, so. Okay. I guess yeah. But he's so. he's a really nice guy. Every John, time I see him out, he always comes up and says hi to me. John? Yeah. Very nice guy. He's yes, a great sweetheart. guy, as a matter of fact. One thing that was funny is one of his brothers got really mad at me like 30 years ago because John was working at LOL and I was working at KQRS. And they asked me about John Hines, and I said, yeah, John's an old friend. I've, I've known John forever. And the amazing thing is, you think he's funny on the radio. He's a lot funnier off the radio, meaning when he could open up. Yeah, he's and a little do more all- lighthearted. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. So one of his brothers got mad. He said you weren't funny on the radio. That's oh not what I God. said at all. He, he, he just... kind of sticks sticks to his shtick on the radio. Yeah, he's serious, what, and you know it's his job. Yeah, you know, 
So when he can cut loose and he's out and yeah, just I've, hanging with I, his friends, right. he's seen, funnier than hell. I've seen him out, out at a nightclub, and he's definitely yeah. a lot, lot lighthearted. All I meant was, when he doesn't have any restrictions, he can be really funny. Not that he's not funny on the air, but he gets really over the top. Yeah, I agree. I agree. John Hines and I, one time, were right after the uh, uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail movie, there were people on Easter Sunday marching around, and the minister had a big cross, and all of his followers were following him. And we drove by. I said, hey, John, watch this. We're in a convertible. As we go by, I go, she's a witch burner. Because <laughs> it looked like just Monty, just like Monty Python. That, that movie's so, so great. Is Joe on? Uh, based on the sounds in the background, I'd say yes. Yes, I'm here. I'm wearing my, do you see my hat I'm wearing today? Bill Ford Tough, brother. I'm wearing right a on. So you were saying something about the Star Tribune. What was that? Uh, the, story, the story of Molly Tibbetts is in the Star Tribune that I, I emailed you uh, a couple days ago. Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, and, and which which, sto- which story is that? Um, Molly Tibbetts, the illegal immigrant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's uh, the one that... I, Right, but you had all, didn't you also email me something about some guy was calling me alt right and I was ultra conservative and I was a moron? Well, I don't I, doubt that I'm a moron. Uh, that's not a problem. I'm outside truck backing up. Yeah, no, that's not a problem. But anyway, I just want to check with you and make sure that uh, that that's what you were talking about. Is it getting the article from the Star Tribune? All right, get back to that work. That was about pal. Molly Tibbetts. Okay, well, thank you. Thanks a lot. Get back there and be yep. be Ford tough. That's all I'm saying. You heard me. Joe from Louisville calling Come on, Oh, God, here we go. Here we go. Hey, union. Where'd you get that? 2.30 every day. He goes, union every day at 2.30. I get a break. Oh, you just went on break two minutes ago. Yep. Oh, there you go. Let's see a different time. Did you get 15 minutes? 20. 20, really? Oh, good God. Is yeah. it, you know, shoulder to the wheel, huh? Well, yeah, you might, yeah. We need to start getting 15 minutes. morning, half hour, morning, half hour lunch, and... Uh, Anyone to 24 minutes in the afternoon. Okay, you'll like this since you're on break anyway. I think you'll enjoy this story because it's terrifying. I have come to think of my debt as like an alcoholic relative for whom I am estranged, from whom I'm estranged, but who shows up to ruin happy occasions. M.H. Miller's description of his roughly decade-old student loan debt might not be extreme enough. In a lengthy piece for the baffler that was picked up by The Guardian, Miller describes a life tainted by the burden of what he owes at every turn. My debt was the result, in equal measure, of a chain of rotten luck in a system that is an abject failure by design, he writes, and provides the backstory. A non-extravagant middle-class childhood, a decision to get a B.A. and an M.A. in English literature from New York University, the more than $100,000 he had to borrow to do so, his parents' job loss in late 2008, the subsequent loss of their Michigan home. Now 30, I have been incapacitated by debt for a decade. He writes of the futility of reaching out to Citibank over and over in an attempt to have the loan term extended in order to lower the monthly, lower the monthly payments. The foundational myth of an entire generation of Americans was the false promise that education was priceless. As L.A. Nick just pointed out, it is not priceless. A lot of people can't even get a job with an, a B.A. and an M.A. It's disgusting. The whole thing is yeah. disgusting. Alicia Sultanpana is with us. Oh, she's with us now? Uh-huh. All right. Well, that'll be good. This conference may be recorded. Joining oh. conference. Alicia, too. Hi. Hello. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? Never. Well, you know, I'm you know, always great. Let me just put it just let me put it that way. He's speechless. No, I am speechless. I, uh, well, that's, that's my event. by the way, Alicia. That's my wife saying he's speechless. She's, <laughs> you she's, don't you don't know how rare that is. A man talks in his sleep. She. Oh my God! Listen uh, to her. <laughs> World Animal Protection USA improving the lives and emotional impact of factory farmed pigs. It uh, and it's uh, Alicia Sultanpana. Is how you say her name? Yes, that was pretty good. Yeah, though. What correct. do you think, Alicia Sultanpana? <laughs> to most people, most radio people are not that bright, Alicia. You know that, right? 
<laughs> so I got to give you points for that, right? She doesn't disagree. Yeah. I like that. She didn't argue the point. She went with right to, oh, I have to, <laughs> I have to agree with you on that one. If asked to think about the lives of pigs raised for food, many people picture a vast, colorful playground like the song of uh, Old MacDonald. However, the reality is far darker than 100, 115 million pigs used for food in the U.S. each year. 115 million? Well, if you think about it, that's only a th- a lot of that's only eating. a third of a pig per person well, per that's year. True. So yeah, that's we just true. we just have so, so many people to feed. See, see how many chickens are killed. A day. Oh God, yeah. 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 It's, 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 it's like astronomical. Nearly a billion. It's astronomical how many chickens we eat a day. Alicia, how did things turn around? Yeah. I know that there were there were covert films taken at pig farms and turkey farms <laughs> and chicken farms and all that, and that's where I first learned of how I had no idea because I grew up in the city. I had no idea these animals were treated like absolute garbage. Why? Because it's just cheaper? It was easier? Why did they do that in the first place? Well, I think the main driver has been consumer demand. So in the last yeah. 50 years, pork production in the United States has doubled. Um, about you know When we talk about meat consumption, it's 271 pounds per person per year. Uh, we consume more meat than any other country in the world. Yeah, so I, I think that. the demand is what has uh, switched to these large factory farms from what traditionally what you're talking about, the old right. McDonald or whatever you said. <laughs> the, uh, you know, the, far- the, the family farms that we picture them in is not the reality. Over 70% right. of pigs are raised in factory farms now. We do have really? to take a very quick uh, couple of minute break. Alicia, you can stay with us for an entire segment, I hope, right after this. Okay. Okay, thank, thank you. you. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. A program that benefits the homeowner and not the realtor? Do you want a guaranteed offer on your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl, who has some exciting news to share. Hey, Tom, we are super excited to announce our guaranteed offer program. Here's how it works. If you qualify, we will guarantee you an offer on your house within 48 hours, which means you could be closing in three weeks. No staging, no cleaning, no decluttering, and of course, no open houses. This is your hassle-free way to sell your home. If you qualify for the program, you will get a competitive offer in 48 hours, period. Sounds like a stress-free way to sell your home. It is, Tom. Some homeowners want the convenience to be able to sell their home quickly without going through the stress of showings, open houses, and so many more headaches, especially if they found their dream home and need to sell fast. You do need to qualify for this program, but that's quick and convenient as well. To see if you qualify for the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate, go to chrislindahl.com right now or call 763-401-SOLD. Once again, that's chrislindahl.com, Chris with a K. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. When you call Sabre for service, you'll get a certified technician that's an expert at diagnosing, repairing, and installing heating and air conditioning equipment. Sabre Techs give you the service you need, not the other stuff that you don't need. When you combine that with Sabre's A rating for customer service and the best equipment from Bryant, you get exactly what you need. So make the call to Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning today. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Or not. Can you handle that phone or not? <laughs> Here it is. It's a signal. Yeah, nice try. Oh, God, you're such a child. <laughs> you are a, just a little Italian child. You know, That's I, my mother grew up on a farm, and when I was a little girl, I used to go to the farm with them, and they would do some, uh, they would slaughter some chickens and stuff, and I was just absolutely traumatized by the whole thing. Oh, yeah. But it wasn't, it wasn't inhumane the way they did it. The way they did it was just, They you just know, cut the throat and it's dead. They just, I don't know. I just met a guy who worked at a slaughterhouse for a long period of his life. Oh, well, a has, slaughterhouse is a he lot. He has that with military people get that. What's it called? PTSD. Uh, yeah, he, 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 I he, could he see can't that. sleep at night. He I freaks see that. Fre- well, closes yeah. his eyes and sees blood and guts. Oh, yeah, I, I can imagine. imagine. Uh, even that, me cutting up that side of beef that guy gave me. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's kind of gross oh, stuff. God. Well, I found out that in the U.S., we eat eight billion chickens per year. Eight billion. Eight what? billion. Yeah. So that means oh, God. One chicken. No. Two hundred fifty-seven chickens die every second. Unbelievable. Alicia, that's, Alicia, that's how many people we're feeding. Alicia Sultanpan, our special guest, World Animal Protection USA, improving the lives and environmental impact of factory farm pigs. Growing up in the inner city, Alicia, my my thought was. 
you know, I'm watching Captain Kangaroo and, you know, Farmer, what was his name? We don't need any kangaroo. Green Jeans? Farmer yeah, Mr. Green, Mr. Green Jeans, Jeans yeah. yeah. He would come in, and I, I assumed that the pigs all had their own apartment, and, you know, <laughs> I thought that animals were kind of treated uh, no. like humans. They I, all had their own On farms, like, you know, small farms, they... They're treated pretty like well. Like here in Minnesota, our pig farms aren't too bad. Yeah. Well, that's good. It's when you get to really high population areas where they basically have to cram as much into a small... They do the same thing with humans, basically. Uh, by the way, Alicia, I want to thank you personally. You ready for a thank you? Uh, sure. Okay. Because of you, L.A. Nick just told me what they do with pig poop. Thanks so much, Alicia. Now I had to hear that. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. I want to hear yeah, what you have to say. Gross. Alicia, I want to hear what you have to say because I, seriously, I didn't even know until much later in life that animals were treated like dirt like they are. It, it shocks, it was shocking to me the first time I heard it. Still shocks me. Well, and I think, uh, you know, pigs are very sentient feeling, mm-hmm. you know, animals. They are considered to be as smart as a three year old child. And so, even more so for pigs, when they're put into these barren steel cages in these factory farms, they really suffer. They become depressed. Their their health fails, and these factory farms are put, put, pumping them full of antibiotics because of this. And this is stuff that we're eating. Um, yeah. You know, they lay in their own waste. There's greenhouse gas effects from the nitrous oxide that they're producing. Uh, all really bad stuff for the environment, bad for our health, and bad for pigs. So we really want people to understand that this is how the pigs that they're eating are being raised, and ask their local grocery stores to to find out where the, where is the pork being sourced from. I think when you go into a store, mm-hmm. you can see that there's cage-free eggs, there's free-range chicken, there's grass-fed beef, there is no labeling for pork. No, that's true. That's a very good point. I have never noticed a you know farm-raised Really? Pig. Even at Whole Foods, they don't have that? Whole, Whole Foods does have it. They oh, have their good. own farms, and they're not factory farms. Oh, good. Um, but good. Your, every day grocery store does not have that. So, so... The beef that is farm raised that actually is is uh, that's okay. They don't torture the cows and the chickens are farm raised, the uh, cage free eggs and all that stuff is all all has to be true, doesn't it, Alicia? Uh, for the most part, some some yeah. labeling can still be misleading, but for the most part, if you're getting organic, free range, cage free. Um, you you know that chickens are being raised better than the other chickens. The point is, though, that you have a choice. You have a choice to buy more humanely raised meat. We know uh, from American consumers that 90% of consumers want to be able to have that choice, and they're not given that choice right now with pork. Yeah, that's Um, amazing. Is it just because of the cost? Um, no, I don't think it's because of the cost. I think that, you know, originally when cage-free eggs came about, people thought, oh, it's never going to happen because it's going to be too expensive. And I think in most markets that you go to, it's marginally more expensive now for cage-free eggs. And most people buy cage-free eggs over regular eggs. I think it's more because people are just not aware or that they're, uh, where the pork is coming from or where it's sourced from is just not something that's in your consciousness. And I think for cage-free eggs, it was the same way you know, nine, ten years ago, it, this demand for change came from consumers. It, were, it was um, consumers thinking about it and thinking like, I think we can have this. And, and for the industry to really change, we think that consumers can also drive the change for pigs and for pork to be raised right before they are going to the slaughterhouse. So for the time that they're living, you know, from the time that they're born until they are slaughtered, they have a miserable very barren, uh, cruel life, uh, and we would like to change that. I'll tell you, I, I had the pleasure, well, not the pleasure, to, to go to the biggest egg manufacturer in the United States, which was the Costa Egg Farms in the Costa, Maryland, and they have mm-hmm. just, I believe, millions and millions and millions of chickens that are just to lay eggs, and they had six chickens yeah. in a cage. They couldn't even yeah. turn around, yeah. and they had... Uh, they yeah. had a conveyor belt going by with grain, with feed, and then another conveyor belt below the, the cage. And the, the, the cages, the holes are so big that they can hardly stand in there. So the eggs just fall through mm-hmm. onto the conveyor oh, yeah. belt. So they're standing on wires their whole lives. Uh, and yeah. I think the coster has got, you probably will know this, I think they got a lot of fines like a couple of years ago and almost shut down, right? They 
They were like very did, below yeah. standard, and they were just it was it was when I went there, I was like, how can this be legal? Right. Like, how can it be legal? Right. Yeah. These are buildings. I think they were two football fields wide and six long, and there oh, was like a hundred of them. Well, two hundred fifty-seven chickens a second. Yeah, that'll do that. But this was just for eggs. This was just eggs. So and, and so the buildings were really high up in the air, like on stilts, and the bottoms opened up, and mm-hmm. they would bulldoze all the chicken crap out. Oh God! And there was rats everywhere. Oh, and, 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 and Alicia, then, you did this to me. You opened me up to LA Nick walking, going off on a rant. When you're standing up with a chicken cages on, you couldn't see. You couldn't see more than twenty oh, feet. God. The air was so thick. Yeah. Uh, the air was okay. so thick from the smell. You couldn't see more than twenty feet. So you'd get all wavy like heat, and then there'd be just dead chickens, like trash cans with dead chickens in them oh here and there. God. Who doesn't have so that? So what at their place house? was this? The Coster Egg Farms. It was it's the biggest egg manufacturer. I think they got in trouble Costa. for some of their child the Costa, labor issues. The Maryland. I might be mispronouncing it, but I got to go there. I spent I spent a couple days. Got to go there. That sounds I, like hell on earth. I spent earth. a couple days there. Oh. Alicia, <laughs> I have a question. Uh, yeah. You don't have to tell me this. You don't want to, but I, I, I'm going to talk a little bit about my childhood. So, um, Alicia, what culture did you grow up in? Uh, what culture? I grew up in California. In California. Is that a culture? I think mm-hmm. it is, yeah. That's Depends. kind of a bad <laughs> example. Nor- Northern, Northern, Northern or Southern? Northern California, which did, is an agricultural okay. base. Northern, I'll give it to you. Did you ever eat, eat pork, or, or have you ever been a meat eater at all? Oh, yeah, yeah, until this. I mean, yeah. I was going to ask him, like, do you still eat chickens after seeing that? I think when you when you oh. see this, I, I don't think you can yeah. really um, eat eat the, that kind of meat. I don't. I can't eat pork. There's just no way. But you know, I re, I do realize though that there are a lot of people that are going to continue to eat meat, and I I think that you know we are not a vegan or vegetarian organization, but yeah. we do ask people to eat higher welfare meat yeah. or reduce the amount of meat that they eat a week. Because if you just do yeah. away with one meal. Um, a week of meat, you're going to reduce the demand, which will help us to raise uh, chickens and pigs more realistically in a more healthy environment. I try to eat local. All my meat is local. Like, I know yeah. like, where I live, I live in a rural area, so there's a lot of farmers around it that raise pigs mm-hmm. and raise cows. And we have right. a lot of little independent meat shops, and all the meat's local. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's right yeah. from our town. Well, Alicia, I was going to tell you about yeah. in, in my childhood, I'm very fortunate because I grew up in a family that had no money. So I don't even like mm-hmm. pork, to tell you the truth. I like turkey bacon yeah. better than better than pork bacon. I, I like so. pork chops, but I like veal chops better. So because we had to buy such cheap cuts of pork, it tasted terrible when I was a kid. I remember mm. that. Yeah. yeah, but veal's really tortured. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm I, not talking about veal it, calves and all that. Yeah, I can't eat veal. No. Nah, I don't know. All this stuff. I know. I want. I just would. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I agree. I mean, I do eat meat, and I feel bad about it a lot of times <laughs> but nice. i always try to eat grass-fed beef yeah. and organic everything mm-hmm. and free range and i want i want my the animals to have a happy existence until they turn into food i, right. I don't know why right. that is why that turned from the normal thing to abnormal i don't we have too many people well you can still have mm-hmm. you could you could is it you can tell us better than anybody, I'm sure. Is, is it? Is it? Um, is it? Do we have to have government mandates? Do we yeah. have to have different laws? What is it that we can do? Yeah, I think other countries do have government mandates that have changed uh, the way that um, uh, you know meat can be sourced. But the, the fact is, is that you know it, the demand here is just so high, and we have yeah. meat is such a big part mm-hmm. of our diet, and it's really not necessary. And Unfortunately, you see some countries that are becoming more industrial, like like India, who who didn't really they weren't meat eaters at all. The really vegetarian based mm-hmm. diet as they become more industrialized, they're starting to eat more meat, and so that's why the demand is going up. It's it's population growth, but it's also a tendency to eat more meat in the diet, which really isn't that healthy. Yeah. I, I would say China's <laughs> the same way right now. China's really changing yeah. their ways on meat eating. They've all they've had a pretty bad history when it came to animal welfare. That's well, for they sure. They have a bad history if it comes to everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of true. Environmentally, I mean yeah. they're a terrible country environmentally. 
but I, ha- I have to give China a little shout out, though, because we have been working with them, and they have changed uh, some of their factory farms and their policies with the government. They're actually ahead of the U.S. in converting some of their factory farms to uh, to instead of having them in individual crates to group group style housing, where they're in groups of five or six pigs with straw and uh, and you know kind of enrichment tools. So they are ahead of us, uh, you know, in the U.S. as far as pig production. Is it so? So they're moving forward. Is it true that like the animals that are less raised, less stressed, the actual end products are better products? Isn't that correct? Like, oh, definitely, it's better meat. Yeah, they've they've tested it and they've done taste tests to show that higher welfare um, meat actually tastes better um, in blind tasting. So it tastes better. It's healthier for you. You're not ingesting, you know, things that have been raised in really awful conditions, uh, both for the animal and for the environment. And so healthier for you, better for you, and better tasting. Alicia, how can people reach out to World Animal Protection, maybe get involved in getting things changed? Mm -hmm. How, How do they reach out to you? So, well, we would we would love for people to go to our website at worldanimalprotection.us, okay. and or they can follow us on Twitter at Move the World US and get involved with us and help us uh, to move grocery stores to change their policies to make sure that we source meat from gestation crate free factories. And we just moved Kroger, which is the largest grocery chain in the U.S., to change their policy, and they announced that they're going to be gestation crate free by 2025. We would like to move Walmart as well. So we encourage people to go to their Walmart, go to their local grocery store, and ask them to have higher welfare pork. That makes total sense to me. WorldAnimalProtection.us. It says here, Alicia Sultanpana. Uh, as executive director of the, the U.S. Office of World Animal Protection, she brings over 20 years of executive leadership. What did you start working when you were two? You sound like <laughs> you sound like you're about 25 years I old. I wish. I wish. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I do love talking to people about this stuff, and we all we got to stop putting up with all this stuff. The big business and big politics. All of these people are destroying our lives, and we allow them to do it. Well, you say it's big business doing it, but it's kind of Everyone. It is everyone. I mean, if it's everyone's fault. If people, if the big businesses stopped doing what they're doing and went to, you know, free range everything and, you know, higher welfare for all the animals, then the meat's going to get more expensive and people will complain about that and they won't buy it. So it's kind of a vicious cycle of people want cheap stuff, but they also want higher quality stuff. And you kind of can't have both. I had some. I had a chick, some chicken recently. Somebody brought me, and it wasn't chicken at all. It was all made from flowers. Yeah, and, flowers. And, and I'll tell you what, it was lemon pepper chicken, and it was the best lemon pepper chicken I ever had. Huh. And I, I, could, I could not believe that huh. it wasn't chick, real chicken. I'm so like, get out of here. They go, nope, it's not. There's no meat in. It. There's no animal in it. It's all flower based. Marvelous. Do you remember what the flower flowers. was? I don't, but I know that. Uh, I know there's a mushroom. Whole Foods has one too that's all made of nothing. It's no animal. There's a mushroom in the forest they call, I think, chicken of the forest for because it tastes Hen exactly like oh, yeah. Hen, Hen of the Woods. Yeah, that's it. Chicken of the Woods. Alicia, we've well, yeah. learned many things. <laughs> Whatever. You know what I really am I'm happy about? I just scrolled down to the questions I should ask you, and I've already asked every one of them, so I'm very, I'm oh. very happy with myself. So that, that's good. But no, I, I really appreciate your time, yes. and we'd love to have you back as things progress. Keep up the good work. Because nobody wants to see and humans, <laughs> animals, anybody tortured or no. treated like dirt. It's no. terrible. Yeah. But yeah, for sure. Alicia, thanks so much for your time today. Uh, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. World have Animal Protection. You too. WorldAnimalProtection.us. Thanks for listening. Tom Bernard Show.